So by both mindfully acknowledging the negative aspects of winter or the negative aspects of your mood around the winter time, you can also acknowledge that the flip side can be true as well, is that just as much as there might be things that are really hard about the winter, there are also things that are really good about the winter. Welcome to Medium Lady Talks. I'm your host, Erin Vandeven. I'm a millennial and mother trying to build the place in the world that's made for me while fighting burnout, living intentionally, and embracing gratitude even when I'm grumpy. Here on Medium Lady Talks, we visit the topics and practical tips that will help you maximize self-discovery and minimize self-judgment so you can finally get momentum building the life you know is possible in this post-pandemic world. On this podcast, you can expect we'll get deep while having fun, and whether you're burnt out like a dog in a dumpster fire or celebrating your best life daily, you'll find the conversations, prompts, and tools I know will be helpful on your own personal healing journey. So stay tuned for my deep dive solo shows and interview episodes with dear friends and expert guests. Together, we'll make sure you have what you need to build the place in the world that's made for you. I'm so glad you're here. So let's jump in. Hello, hi, and welcome to the Winter Whimsy Workshop. My name is Erin, and I'm really, really happy to have you here. We are going to go through today a workshop that is designed to bring together all of the parts of the 21 Days of Winter Whimsy, which has been an Instagram challenge that I've been running um, for the last 21 days. And the thing that we're going to do today is going to be to give people an opportunity to interact with the content in real time a little bit more because, of course, when you're online and there's posts going up, the post pops up and you kind of walk away and people see it when they see it. And I thought it would be a good opportunity to close out the challenge by bringing people together in community and giving people an opportunity to interact with one another as they think about the winter and as they think about the things that they can do mindfully to um, bring themselves to a more balanced point of view on the winter itself. So for any of you who don't know me, um, hi, my name is Erin, and I consider myself the kind of person who has been slowly putting together piece by piece things in my life to allow me to live as mindfully as I possibly can. And that's a work in progress. But what I've realized is that as I'm learning things along the way, I have a lot that I can share with other people and that those things that I can share can also help people. One of the things that has been consistently challenging for me is the winter in general. And I think there's a lot of reasons for that. And we can probably unpack a bit of that while we also think about maybe for you what the winter typically means for you when it comes to your mood and what you need for support. So what is winter whimsy? And winter whimsy is something that sort of just rolled off the tongue. It was easy to say, and it kind of comes together in your mind, hopefully pretty quickly. But for me, if I really break it down, it's not just about doing the whimsical, silly, frivolous things. It's that romanticize your life kind of content that you're always seeing online. Winter whimsy is about seasonality and self-care and doing those two things in a way that is mindful and in a way that emphasizes a purposeful sort of going out of your way to help make the winter a more manageable season. And the possibility is that you could probably survive the winter 
But maybe you could also use the winter as an opportunity to thrive. It might just not be in the way that you thrive in the fall or the way that you thrive in the spring or the way that we all thrive in the summer. So if we think about for the next hour, what we're going to talk about is the idea of seasonality and self-care. And we're going to use mindfulness to make sure that we have a sense of individually what that means for us. And through the last couple of years that I've been doing Winter Whimsy, we did Winter Whimsy last year, we did it again this year. What it's really meant for me is these sort of four pillars of the way that I think about my life, and it all revolves around the senses. So the first pillar is to sort of look for wonderland, is to use my sense of sight, to use my ability to visualize my environment as an active intervention in the winter. So I'm looking for things to find ways to understand what the winter means to me and to find ways to positively understand what the winter means to me, rather than allowing the traditional ways that I've always thought about the winter, you know, drab, gray, sad, you know, um, depressed, quiet, lonely, all of these words that have typically historically influenced the way that I've thought about the winter. And instead, look for ways that I can make small adjustments in my life so that my brain is actually building new pathways so that the sad, drab, gray, sad, lonely isn't the first thing that my brain thinks of when it comes to the winter season. So the first thing we're going to do together as a group is we're going to unpack the idea that winter is a bummer. And you may have just, like I listed off there, you may have said, yeah, I I really think winter is a bummer. And I really don't know that I could that there's much that I could possibly do to change the fact that winter is a bummer. But I'm here to tell you that we can change that idea that winter is a bummer. We just have to go out of our way just by a little bit in order to feel better and in order to enjoy the life that we want to have during the winter season. So again, this is what I've said is this collective sigh. And I think it's important to focus on the ways that the winter maybe has been hard in the past or to focus on the ways that we ought auto- the visualization that we automatically come up with when we think about the winter. And so what's on the screen here is a picture of gray, cloudy, stark setting. There's a sort of wide expanse of snow and very foggy weather with some dark trees and branches that are sort of extended out into the photograph. And this is sort of what we consistently see copy, paste, repeat. And even now, I'm recording with you in front of a window. If I look out of the window right now, this is actually not too far off from what I actually see. And it reinforces time over time over time this idea that the winter is terrible. And look outside. It's gray. It's gray again. It feels like it's been gray for 100 days in a row. And when will the gray stop? And whenever the gray stops is when we allow our mood to shift. And by applying mindfulness techniques to the idea of seasonality and the idea of how we take care of ourselves in a season when it's darker, when it's grayer, we can proactively start to take the steps that we need to take in order to feel better. But the first thing I really like to do is to actually just release resistance. We may want to feel better. We may want to find the ways to make winter not so terrible. But the first thing we have to do is to release our resistance to the winter. If we don't address what we believe right now as being hard about the winter or the things that we believe to be true about the winter, if we don't address those first and we just try to pile on top positive thinking, then that's what people call, you know, putting on rose-colored glasses or perhaps being a Pollyanna. Some people might even call that toxic positivity, where you're just ignoring the bad and only focusing on the good. 
that's not what winter whimsy is about. So we can create space for whimsy by acknowledging where we're presently at. And I actually don't think we can create space for whimsy until we do this exercise, until we look within and we acknowledge what's hard. So the first activity on a blank sheet of paper or in your notes app, allow yourself to free text anything that is impacting you emotionally, physically, spiritually during the winter. And then after we've done that part, we're going to accept that those things are true. And the Winter Whimsy Workshop is not here to change those things, to deny those things, to erase those things from the present moment. It is here to acknowledge that those things are true. And by doing that, create room in your life for whimsy and joy to also be true through the rest of the season. So the first thing that we'll do is we'll take a moment, we'll pause, and we'll just take a moment together to write down you know, the things that have been hard about the winter, I'm going to pull up my phone, I'm going to use my notes app. And I encourage you to do whatever you like to do. Maybe you have a pad and paper beside you. And we'll just think for, you know, two or three minutes about what we want to acknowledge has been hard about the winter. Okay, so we'll come back together and think about the things that we are really resisting when it comes to the winter and acknowledge those things are true. And after this point, what we'll be able to do is to move on from those things and accept that while those things are true, there's also other things that are true as well. And we're going to spend some time focusing on those things because usually what people find is that while they're ready to change their mindset, they're also not really spending a lot of time on these negative things. They're just doing activities that help them to self-soothe past those negative feelings. So by both mindfully acknowledging the negative aspects of winter or the negative aspects of your mood around the winter time. You can also acknowledge that the flip side can be true as well, is that just as much as there might be things that are really hard about the winter, there are also things that are really good about the winter. And usually we're, we might be feeling low mood, but not actually spending time honoring and acknowledging the things that are hard or the things that are causing us challenge. And we're sort of living in the middle. We're not acknowledging the hard things. We're not acknowledging the good things, but we're living in the middle in the space of sort of distraction self-soothing, busyness, and overwhelm. So hopefully by taking even those two, three minutes to acknowledge what maybe has been hard about the winter, what is typically hard about the winter, you can also, you know, give yourself some care. It's not easy to look at the negative and to say, yeah, you know, this is how I feel. This is what I'm experiencing and it's not good. And I don't like feeling this way. Sometimes we know those things are in the back of our mind, but we're not actively looking at them because it's painful or uncomfortable to actively look at those things that are causing us overwhelm or stress or distress or depression. And even though we've just taken a look at the things that are really hard and we've acknowledged that those things are true, we're going to lean into what is the very first element of day one of the 21 days of winter whimsy, and that is your seasonal affirmation. 
So for me, gratitude is a routine practice of being thankful for something in your life. Gratitude requires an active expression and a habitual connection of your experience to something that you acknowledge has impacted you. If you're not doing it on a routine, and if you're not actively expressing yourself, then what you're doing is not gratitude. It might be appreciation. It might be a mindful acknowledgement of something positive. But if it's not happening on routine, and if it's not actively being expressed and connecting to your experience in life, then you're doing something that's different from gratitude. An affirmation is a short statement that asserts and encourages a belief. So this is a statement that generally is usually I blank blank. Um, And affirmations can be repeated to condition our mind to filter our expectations for ourselves and for the world around us. So gratitude and affirmations are really mutually synergistic ways of seeing the world. A seasonal affirmation combines gratitude and affirmation using a statement like, I am grateful winter and blank, blank, blank. So that's what we're going to be working on next. Your gratitude practice is going to bring your affirmation into play because what you're going to do is to connect your seasonal affirmation to a time of day that is a common part of your winter routine, putting on your boots or your coat, for example, and use this action, this routine action, to cue you to repeat your seasonal affirmation. So remember what I said before on the previous slide is that gratitude is a practice that happens on a routine schedule. By connecting the use of the affirmation to a routine, you allow that gratitude to become habitual and to become routine. The second thing I recommend people do is to think about a symbol of your gratitude that represents the statement. This might be a photograph, a candle, a blanket. You can put it somewhere that gets high traffic use in your space to remind you to return to your seasonal affirmation. So this might be something like a special teacup. I know people in the audience, I know Jillian, you're here. We've talked about your teacups that you've received for Christmas. And what you might do is think about your seasonal affirmation about, I am grateful for the winter and et cetera, et cetera. And you can use that affirmation in the context of when you use your teacups, when you sit down to read a book or when you sit down to um, journal in the beginning of the day, when you're winding down with your family and you hold that teacup in your hand, you can then activate your affirmation. And so the affirmation becomes connected to the routine, which becomes connected to the object. And these things are things that your brain loves. Your brain actively gobbles up these opportunities to make associations and connections within your environment, within your feelings, and within your beliefs. And that's because we're filtering millions and millions of data points of stimulus every single day. And our brains can't really do all of that without some shortcuts. And usually those shortcuts happen without our mindful control. But we can mindfully control how our brain filters information by doing this, again, going out of our way to make our lives a little bit more enjoyable, to connect the affirmation, number one, write an affirmation. That's kind of, you have to go out of your way and write an affirmation. The second thing you want to do is to connect that affirmation to a time of day. And then the third thing you wanted to do is to add an object to that time of day so that all of those three things are connected together. It's not actually that hard, but it does require you to snap out of maybe the patterns and habits, autopilot, if it were, the autopilot of our general lives that so then we can sort of reframe our life, reframe our life in the winter, reframe our routines in the winter, and then allow that to become the new autopilot. So before we move on to your winter whimsy plan, I think what we'll do is we'll just take a brief moment to go back to that seasonal affirmation. 
So remembering all of the things that were hard, you can go back to that list, take a look at the things that were hard about the winter, and then write a statement, I am grateful for the winter and, and I am open to seeing the season with new eyes. And I look forward to the cozy time of rest and quiet. And I am open to the ways that nature can teach me to see new things. Anything like that, you know, those are just me kind of riffing on um, the um, opportunities that might be coming up for you, but you're going to know personally and individually what's best for you. So let's take another two minutes to think about the seasonal affirmation that you are going to write. And maybe you've already written one because this was, again, day one of the 21 days of winter whimsy was to create a seasonal affirmation. So you may already have that one. But now that we've talked a little bit about it, you might want to tinker with it a little bit and see if there's any adjustments or changes that you want to make. Okay, so let's come back together. Um, I can share with you what I wrote. So I had written, what has been hard about the winter? This is what I had written. Dark days, very little sun. There is no motivation to go outside because we've had a lot of rain and mud. And the dog gets covered in the mud whenever I walk outside with the dog. Because going outside without the dog is not an option. (laughs) If you go outside, you have to bring the dog. The dog gets covered in the mud and then he brings it into the house. And that just kind of like is this negative cycle and reminder when I find mud all over my house. Uh, Another thing that's hard about the winter is it's dark when I leave for work and it's dark when I come home from work. The other thing is driving in the winter is really annoying and terrible. And driving is also the best way to visit loved ones. So it's frustrating whenever I want to connect with people and get out of the house that I have to deal with and battle winter driving. And the final thing I wrote about that's hard about winter is getting sick. Even if I'm not sick, other people are sick and it's really stressful. It can be a real drag um, and it can be upsetting. So even in the face of all of that, what I realized was that there's a lot of mention of how dark the season is in my notes. And there's a lot of mention of, you know, staying home. And there's a lot of mention of how hard it is to get out of the house. So what if I leaned into that? What if I thought about reframing those feelings and thought about an opportunity to see winter as a season where we stay home, as a season where we rest, as a season where we embrace quiet? So here's what I wrote. I am grateful for the winter and using the season to rest and recover without pressure or overwhelm. So you can see how even in the face of the negative things, the things that are hard about winter, we can also reframe how we think about them and we think about them it's, it's just the way it is. You know, I can't change the weather. I can't change the mud. I can't change when people get sick. And I can't change the driving conditions, et cetera, et cetera. But I can change how I think about those things. And if it means that this is a dark season when we stay home, and if we get sick, we have to rest and recover, then I can see that the season of winter is a time to rest and recover 
And I can do that without being overwhelmed or feeling the pressure of a busy season like the summer when it's go, 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 and do, 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 do. Jillian, did you want to share anything? Um, Did you want to share your affirmation or any of your thoughts? It's okay if you don't want to. Sure. Um, So my negative things were the constant gray weather, the lack of getting outside, and my mood shifts because of no sun. Mm -hmm. Um, And my um, affirmation that I wrote was, I am grateful for the winter because it allows me allows us to slow down and enjoy the coziness factor. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Thank you for sharing. So with that in mind, I've got my affirmation. Jillian's got her affirmation. Hopefully you also have been able to get your own affirmation up and running. We will move on to talk about your plan for winter whimsy and Thankfully, this is something that we have been able to do um, together through the last 21 days because your winter whimsy plan is really probably predicated by a lot of the prompts, a lot of the prompts that have come up during the last 21 days. And this year, what I designed was the winter whimsy challenge was really predicated on four separate pillars of sort of like seasonal living. So what we're going to do to build your plan for winter whimsy, we're going to think about all of the things that we enjoy about the winter. And this is not that different from what we just did when we talked about how hard the winter is. So what I'm sharing right now is the results from last year's Winter Whimsy workshop. And the first thing you want to think about when you're building your Winter Whimsy plan is what are the winter sites that bring you joy? So Jillian, I'll encourage you to just list out what are the sites that bring you joy? Some of the examples from last year included freshly fallen snow, twinkle lights on my favorite plant. I love the swirling steam that comes off of a hot mug of tea. Some of the sights that bring people joy include things like chunky scarves or the light of a candle in a dark room, the icicles on the window pane outside of my kitchen. Somebody said, I love a clean layer of snow on everything on a day when I don't have to leave my house or drive anywhere. Somebody said here, I love the rosy cheeks of my kids. Somebody said, I love to see the winter sunshine in my kitchen. I love winter sunsets. A sight that brings me joy is my dog enjoying the snow. Someone said, people who leave up white winter lights all winter long. People who leave up their Christmas lights, I think. Somebody said, I love seeing my orchids rebud on my windowsills. Somebody else said, I love seeing my son all bundled up in winter wear. And somebody else said, I love my disco ball catching the winter light. So what you can do is take a moment. Maybe those things gave you a bit of an idea. And we'll just take 30 seconds and you can quickly jot down what are the winter sights that bring you joy. during the 21 days of winter whimsy, we had really talked a lot about looking on purpose. 
So sometimes we look out at the winter and we don't see things automatically that bring us joy. Again, this is about reframing your brain to look for things that bring you joy. And that's why the first pillar of winter whimsy is called look for wonderland. So after you experiment with your positive affirmation, there were exercises about looking out the window and thinking about your five senses and how you were experiencing the winter in that one given moment. There was also an exercise where you use your phone as a time machine and you use your Google archives or your Instagram archives to find photos and happy memories of the winter past, paying attention to the visuals that you're drawn to. One of the other things was to go for a walk outside without your phone, without any distractions, and to just experience the environment while on your walk. And you could take a walk in an area where you don't usually take a walk. One of my favorite things to do in the winter is to take a walk by the beach. We live near a couple of beaches. And I actually find that going to the beach in the middle of the winter is a really beautiful experience because the winter, in the winter, the beach is very underpopulated. There's almost nobody there. But the sand and the sky and the water and the waves are still really, really beautiful in a way that is very different from the beauty of the summer season. So moving on from the winter sights that bring you joy, we'll think about the winter sounds that bring you comfort. So we're going to go through all of our five senses with this. And I want you to think about what are the sounds of winter that bring you comfort. And one of the funny things I discovered while doing the challenge this year was that falling snow actually has a sound that is registered by our brains and is found to be very soothing and comforting, which, you know, to me, I thought like, there's no way there's enough of a decibel sound for our ears to pick up the sound of falling snow. But if I say that to you, if you've ever been out walking and you've been able to walk while snow is falling, um, it does have a, it does have an odd sort of sound to it. It's hard to describe, except you could call it the silence of falling snow. So that's one sound that maybe if you live in a place where there is snow, is perhaps a, a sound that brings you comfort. So what might be some other sounds that bring you comfort during the winter season? Included the silence of snow falling or fresh crunching snow, the sound of kids laughing when tobogganing, the sound of running a hot bath, the transition from Christmas carols to old jazz standards, the sound of a log on a fire that's crackling. Some people said in the winter they listen to more music. Somebody said the sound of a kettle on the stove, instrumental music while reading more in the winter. Ooh, I like this one. Somebody said the winter sound that brings them comfort is the sound of a purring cat. Somebody else said they have a special evening dinner playlist. The sound of skating and ice hockey. Yeah, where I grew up, that's a very distinct winter sound. And it's a pretty joyful sound, actually. Or the sounds of birds chirping during a winter hike. Even just for me, reading all of this out loud is giving me a really interesting sense of like peace and calm and happiness and comfort. So I hope that you're feeling that as well while you hear me read out these examples. Okay, let's move on from sound to talk about taste. 
And this is another pillar of the Winter Whimsy Challenge, which is comfort food and drink. So we had done a number of different days of comfort food and drink and discussing the ways that um, food in the wintertime and reaching for food in the wintertime can be done purposefully and mindfully. We all know the idea of comfort food is to eat it and feel comfort, but sometimes we reach for comfort food because that's just what we're used to. And that's, again, the filter that our brain is putting over our lives. When we can reach for comfort food mindfully and say, what I'm looking for out of this meal is a sense of comfort, then we can experience that more deeply instead of perhaps serving the comfort food, eating the comfort food while scrolling our phones, and then looking down at our plates and saying like, where did all that comfort food go? I don't really feel very comforted. So let's take a few minutes to think about the tastes of winter that make you feel happy. pretty good examples of that here. Somebody had said chai latte. I love a chai latte in the winter. Pasta with homemade sauce. A full roasted dinner. Somebody said roasted veggies, hot chocolate, cinnamon. Buffalo chicken dip. I mean, we're coming around to NFL finals and the Super Bowl, so I'm sure buffalo chicken dip is a huge staple of that. Someone here has said peppermint mocha, matcha latte, all the different hot teas and coffees. And then someone said also tea, trying all of the different kinds of tea that I have amassed. Yeah, I'm guilty of that too. I have at least six or seven different boxes of half-consumed tea. Mashed potatoes, comfort foods, tea with maple creamer, shepherd's pie. Somebody had said the sound of the Keurig in the winter. Somebody said chili. I have been loving chili this winter. This January, I'm going to make more. Ch- I made chili last week. I made it the week before. I'm going to make it this week too. I love chili. Um, chocolate, peppermint, anything. Warm, spiced, baked goods. And butternut squash soup. And when we had done the comfort foods and comfort food and drink series on Instagram, I had instructed people to do a few different things, one of which was to come up with a signature winter drink. And this is actually not that dissimilar from the gratitude and affirmation exercise, but it's to choose one drink for the winter and think about, you know, like a specific kind of tea, a specific kind of mug, a special time of day when you're going to consume that drink and allow that to become sort of a hallmark experience of your winter season. One of the other things that we had done was think about hosting a pretend winter dinner party. And this was sort of a balance between visuals and taste, but the idea of bringing people together, having a, an aesthetic that was sort of a vibe of your dinner party, and then thinking about the food that you would serve at that dinner party. And even this mental exercise can bring you a lot of comfort and peace. Doesn't have to be something that you actually host a dinner party, that you actually invest in, you know, the decor, the space, etc., cooking the food. But even the exercise of pretending to host a dinner party can really lift your mood purposefully in the middle of the winter. If we move on from taste, we can think about smell. 
And smell is something that kind of surprises me. There's usually things that people will say that um, I don't always think of in the winter. So what are the winter smells that bring you calm? So let's take a few minutes to think about this. Last year, a few people had said things like, Vicks is a smell, a winter smell that brings you calm. That might be a generational thing, I'm not sure. Fresh washed laundry, pine needles and the smell of the woods in the winter, cinnamon, um, some cinnamon pine cones like potpourri, a wood stove or a wood fire. Somebody said here, a heavy vanilla fragrance. Somebody said here very specifically, the Kabuki Tokyo milk perfume, which I've never smelled, but it sounds really, really great. Thieves bomb, if you know, you know. Uh, Again, warm vanillas. For me, the White Musk Body Shop perfume, it comes in this purple bottle. It's this hallmark of winter that I wear every season, and I think I've been wearing it since I was a teenager. I think I remember very specifically going and finding this perfume a couple of winters because it had been maybe decades since I'd worn it. But um, coming back to it is one of those smells. And once the winter's over, I put it away and I don't wear it at all. Someone had said... Um, The smell of pine brings them calm. The smell of wintergreen gives them calm. The smell of a match after it lights a candle. Cocoa butter lotion. Um, The cold hits my nose, that smell. And all of these things bring us calm and are these signifiers to our body and to our senses that we are in the winter and we are enjoying ourselves in the winter. And then we'll think about our last element of our senses, which is going to be texture and the sense of touch. So what are the winter textures that give you peace? What are the things that you reach for? We didn't spend too much time on texture during the Instagram challenge, but there were a few moments where we talked about adding as many elements of sensory pleasure that you could into a very cozy space in your home. So it's just like add more, add cozy lighting, add cozy blankets, wear cozy socks, put on a cozy sweater. Uh, Do you need a water bottle? Do you, you know, like, is the blanket fuzzy enough? Can you bring in a fuzzy pillow as well? And just like basically building yourself this cozy, optimized space, you know, your your own grown up, your your grown up pillow for it, basically. When we asked people last year, what are the textures that give you peace in the winter? People had said things like the soft feeling of my weighted blanket, the sweaters, being able to wear sweaters the texture of freshly fallen snow under my feet on a walk. I have really old knitted Uggs and they're amazing. So sometimes it's those comfort objects that we reach for specifically in the winter year after year. Knitted blankets, puffer coats, flannel, dried seed heads outside. That can be a really interesting texture to see. Your lips after you've put on a really heavy lip balm. I love that. The lining of my cozy winter boots. Hooded sweatshirts and sweatpants, fuzzy socks and knitted gloves. And somebody has said here, my reading socks. So this is the last moment. And what I'll get you to do is to just take a quick few moments to just jot down the textures of the winter that give you peace, the things that you reach for that say, yes, here I am in the winter and I am safe and I'm comfortable. 
And now that you have all of those in the same place, you can see that what you've done for yourself is essentially you've built your own fingerprint of the season that you can return to time and time again in order to enjoy the winter season. So in order to remain grounded through the rest of the winter, we need to put a bit of effort into our plan. You have to remind yourself of the sensory nature of winter based on your individual attraction to certain elements of what I've called the whimsy collective. So you may now just take a look at the big picture of what you've put there and think about all of those things in in one place and how great it is that you can see them all together because now that you can see them all together, you have one place to go to when you're wondering about how you can access comfort and how you can access care in a season that is really, really difficult. So if you've got this list of seasonal things, maybe you want to kind of hone it down and make it a little bit more specific. And that's what I'm calling here is the template. Here's this template. It's sort of like a Mad Libs of seasonal sensations, and it's your own map to find winter whimsy through the rest of the winter. Because here we are today, it's only January 28th. There's a fair bit of winter left to go, I'm sad to say. But don't worry, because you have this template and you can use this to your own advantage for the rest of the winter. So for the rest of the winter, I will look for blank, blank, blank. Maybe those are some of the things that you said are the sights and sounds of the things that really bring you joy during the winter. For me, I might say, I will look for opportunities to go to the beach in the winter and bring the sights of the water, the waves, and the sky into my environment. I will use the rest of the winter to surround myself with the smells of what were the smells that popped into your mind. Maybe it was this idea of pine and snow. Maybe it was this idea of vanilla or musk. Maybe it was this idea of cinnamon. Uh, Surround myself with the smells of maybe it was chocolate, hot chocolate, and the taste of hot chocolate. So the smells of cinnamon and the taste of hot chocolate. As the winter season is ending, I will bring in the textures of, so that might have been things like the textures of your fuzzy socks. That might have been things like the warm water bottle. Um, And I will celebrate the last days of the season by, and you can do that individually by considering, you know, the things that really feel the most like you by having, you know, a couple last fires in the fireplace or by having a few extra hikes outside in the winter, you know, in a winter nature area. You might celebrate the last days of the season by counting down to a sunrise and sunset that is you're going to wake up and it's actually going to be bright out. Maybe that's what you're going to celebrate the last season, the last days of the season with, you know, dark candlelight and um, (laughs) dark evenings. And that essentially wraps up the Winter Whimsy Workshop. We've had an opportunity to think about, you know, what's hard about the winter, but then we've also spent a lot of time thinking about sensory-wise the things that bring us joy. There's all the prompts in the 21 Days of Winter Whimsy that we can go back to and revisit through the rest of the winter. And in this moment, I'd love to know, you know, what are the things that you think that you need to move forward through the rest of the winter? What would help? What still feels kind of hard? Um, certainly I think it would be a lot easier if we had even, you know, 20% more days of sun to help us make our way through the winter. But again, like these are some of the things that just aren't in our control. And so we have to kind of be careful about what we hang our hat on. So I'm wondering, um, Jillian, if you're, if you're able to kind of share what sort of stood out to you and what do you think you'll sort of be reminded of moving forward? I think, uh, what stood out to me was just the, that there are so many amazing and good things that happen in the winter. 
um, when you take the time to actually look for them <clears throat> because, you know, you were listing a bunch, but the ones that, you know, I wrote down are personal to me. Mm-hmm. And so not only do I have the idea of what I already wrote down, which are things that I already experience or could very easily experience, but now I have these other ideas too. And that stood out to me because it's just sometimes winter around here gets really dark and dreary. And mm-hmm. we really, it has been an exceptionally gray winter this year. So that's, that is what stood out to me and what I'm taking away is that what I have to experience for winter is amazing in itself. I don't need anything. I don't need to change the, even need to change things to make it better other than change my mindset around it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. And listen, some days are easier than others. Some days you feel really empowered to change your mindset and other days it's not as easy and that's okay too. Again, I think it's important to acknowledge that this mindfulness practice is not about only making space for the happy things. It's about making space for both things. And, you know, I've probably lived at least, I don't know, most of my life dreading the winter and hating the winter. Um, But when I think about it, and when I put a mindful energy into it, there's things that I don't like about the winter that are never going to change. And I'm not trying to change the fact that I don't like those things. What I'm trying to do is to make room for, as you said, a lot of the really lovely, wonderful things about the winter that um, can come into play and that we, you know, we want to find an opportunity to enjoy and to, you know, create space for so that there's more balance. There's more of a mindful balance of the days that are hard. And those days can be balanced by days that um, are less hard or days that have um, a little bit of an easier access to joy or to calm or to peace or to rest. So that wraps up the Winter Whimsy Workshop for 2024. Thank you so much for joining me. As always, I would love to know what you think, um, if this helped you, and what other tools and practices can I put in place to allow you to, you know, live your life with gratitude and a growth mindset, and even when you're grumpy, find an opportunity to tap into some of the parts of your life that are always going to bring you a sense of peace and satisfaction and calm, and are always going to help you balance out those feelings of overwhelm and stress and anxiety. I will be launching a waitlist for gratitude coaching. I'm going to be opening up very few spots for one-on-one gratitude coaching in the spring. So if you're interested in that, the waitlist can be found in the show notes to this episode and will also be available on my Instagram. And if you want to chat about what that might look like, you can go ahead and DM me on Instagram. I'm at medium.lady over there. Um, Until then, thank you so much for listening. It is not lost on me that you are spending some of your precious, precious time with this podcast. um, And that means the world to me. You are doing such, such a good job. I'm so, so glad you're here. And I'll talk to you later. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to Medium Lady Talks, created and produced by me, Erin Vandevin. If you want more of the general vibe, gratitude, and encouragement from this episode, please come and find me on Instagram at medium.lady. And since you've made it to the end, I'd love to get to know you even better. Screenshot this episode so you can share it on Instagram and be sure to tag me so that we can chat. Thanks for listening. Remember, you're doing such a good job. Your place in this world can only be filled by you. I'll see you in the next episode. Bye.